Patricia, 35 years old. I left Honduras for the first time in 2011. I spent Christmas in Piedras Negras, and from Piedras Negras, I moved to Nuevo Laredo. There, I started working. I learned a lot doing ironing. That is what I want to have here, a dry cleaning and pressing service. I sent almost all of my salary back to Honduras. After my partner dumped me in Nuevo Laredo, I returned to Honduras. About four months later, I realized that it was too hard to live there. I looked for work, but found nothing, not even sweeping the streets. I was unemployed for almost six months. In 2015, I left Honduras for the second time. I told my partner that we should not walk, but he said, no, we have passed through many times. Nothing is going to happen. Nothing happened to him, but I was grabbed by five armed men. We were in the middle of the jungle when it happened. They did not look like assailants to me, but like federal agents. The man who raped me wore a mask, blue pants with pockets, and shoes like the federal agents wear. When I ran away and turned around a bend, I saw a patrol car with the lights on. I started screaming and asked them to help me. But the man who raped me hit me with his gun, and the patrol car didn't hear my screams. I'm very angry with my partner because I was raped in front of him and he did not even move. I had been raped once before in Tegucigalpa and got pregnant. I got on a bus that turned out not to be one and the wretched driver raped me. I carried the pregnancy to term, but when I gave birth to the baby, the girl came out dead. The man who raped me in 2015 infected me with HIV. In Chiapas, I underwent tests and got a humanitarian visa. I said, this is not going to kill me. I will keep going. I wanted to forget all of it and took a bus to Nuevo Laredo. I got down to work and did ironing for the Americans who come over from Texas. I got down to work and did ironing for the Americans who come over from Texas. While I was there, my partner hit me and yelled at me. For almost two years, I endured the kicks and blows. And then I said, you are leaving. I'm not going to stay with you. I am not going to allow you to hit me. He got up and left. After a year, I also packed my bags. No man has ever been violent with me again, even though I was alone there for so long in Honduras too. I decided to go back to Honduras, and that was when I said, I am going to stay here with my children and my mom. My parents need me because I'm the only one who's helped them pay for electricity, food, and my mom's health. This is the third time I've left Honduras. We're from the department of Olancho. I really liked it there because of the cow's milk. I made milk curd, cheese, and since my entire family was in Roatan, my mom told me, get rid of what you have in Olancho and come to the island. Roatan seems like a paradise, but it's a paradise for Americans who have many dollars, not for poor people like me. When I started out there, I felt like my hands and feet were tied because you pay in dollars, you speak English, and I don't know how to speak English. I thought that with time, life would get easier, but things got harder. I had to work so that my daughter could go to a private school because there was no public school. I had to pay about 3,500 lempiras in tuition a month. But there was also my son. My goal has always been for them to study. It was hard getting up at three in the morning. I took out a loan and set up a fruit stand. Then I started selling chicken with fried plantains and fries. 
After two years, I already owned the business, and I even had an employee. During those two years, my son was growing up. He fell in love with a girl that lived on the other side of the street, but her uncle was a gang member. He said to me, tell your son to back off, or I'll put a bullet in his head. Later, that man wanted to win over my son with weapons, bulletproof vests, bullets, and marijuana. I told the gang member not to mess with my son, and that's when things started to get ugly. The gang member followed my daughter around and threatened me. In the end, the threats were too much. He even wanted to kill me. I reported him to the police and asked them for help, but the police told me that there was nothing they could do, that it wasn't a good time to arrest him because they didn't even have enough evidence. So I decided to ditch everything. I wasn't going to wait for him to act. I have no intention of going to the United States. With that old orange head in the White House, why should we go there? If I put my papers in and they told me that Donald Trump was going to give me asylum, I would get down to work. But jump across the river with my children? No. Now that Mexico has given me refugee status, I want the country to help me protect my children because they cannot return to Honduras. I need them to study because I know that at any moment I could die. My children do not know that in 2015, in Ocosingo, always fleeing for the same reason, some guys raped me and one of them had HIV. Since I gave birth to the two kids, they are everything to me. I want my son to study because he was looking at that gangster's weapons. I want my son to stop thinking about the bullets and the bulletproof vests that he has in his head. My daughter is 18 years old and she's never had a boyfriend. I've never allowed it. I've slapped her. I said, first, do your homework. You read your books, you study. Then you can do whatever you want. Sometimes I get angry and say to my son, because of you, because of you, I am here. It is wrong for me to say that to him. Because of him, we are here. But sometimes I say it because I'm tired. I do not want to carry on anymore. I can no longer want to carry on, and I no longer can carry on, and more so with my illness. It scares me. So I say, either I get treatment or I go down the drain. But if I go down the drain, I want to make sure my children will be taken care of. At 16, I got pregnant with my daughter. Her dad was 28 at the time, and he left me. I did not see him again until my daughter was one year old. That was when I forgave him and went back to him. I then got pregnant with my son, and he left me again. I did not see him again until my boy was 15 years old. Now he's acting as my son's dad, but he's still a wretched guy. When I asked him to help with my son's problem, he told me that if I did not want our son to leave the house, I should get him a girl so that he could be with her at home. The boy is going to smoke marijuana, I told him. So what, he told me. I care, and my partner does too. I have been living with my partner for like seven, eight years. He has been with me through good times and bad times, but we still have nothing because he is someone who gets angry and, and runs off. He abandons me for a year, he abandons me for two years, and I'm on my own. He always abandons me and goes away. He knows what those men did to me. What we have, I don't know if it is out of pity or because he really loves me, but he is still here. I told him, stay away, I have HIV. You have it too because you are my partner. He said to me, no, old woman, I will never leave you alone.
But yes, when he gets angry, he goes away every so often, and I am left alone, yet I still stay with him. My partner does not help out or support me at home. When we look for a new house, he does not do it. When we need to hand in papers, he does not do it. When we need to take care of something, he does not do it. I mean, he's not a man who sorts things out by himself. I tell him, you're like another son for me. I cannot do this anymore. I think I'm too young to carry all this weight, right? But I have put up with it. I find support in my partner because he says to my son, do not get into vice. Do not do this. He is a very healthy man. He does not drink or smoke or go to parties. He's never cheated on me. I think those are the reasons I fell in love with him. He knows about the HIV, and he has stayed with me since that day he found out. That is why I think he does love me.